0: Back on Take 30 Podcast, this is Logan Brown, your host, bringing you local, state, and national news. First up on the list Mexican food. <laughs> Who doesn't love Mexican food? Well, there will be a Chipotle coming to Starkville, Mississippi. This is big news for locals as Starkville only has a few restaurants, but nothing seems to compare when you bring Chipotle into the mix. Reporter Ellen Curry gives us the details.
1: Starkville residents can get ready for another Mexican restaurant to join the fleet. Chipotle Mexican Grill is coming to town as first reported by the Starkville dispatch on December 16th. Chipotle will be the 11th Mexican restaurant to land in Starkville, but that does not make it any less exciting for local residents. I'm very excited. I feel like we do have a lot of Mexican restaurants already and I do like Moe's, but nothing compares to Chipotle. Um, I think it's great for like girls nights when you want to pick up food and then TV or hang out. The restaurant plans to be located off of Highway 12 and Jackson Street. Currently in that location is a long-standing local Starkville business.
0: The location is probably the only questionable thing about this new coming restaurant. You see, the new restaurant will be off Highway 12, where currently sits Petty's Barbecue, a local favorite.
1: Mayor Lynn Spurl took to Twitter to answer and said, quote, Petty's isn't gone yet, but is in the works. The current plan is Chipotle and a couple of other businesses, end quote. Though the development is still in progress, the Strip building plans to be home to three or four businesses, according to the Starkville Dispatch. But Petty has not confirmed whether his business will be one of them. Starkville can begin anticipating the construction for the project soon, as Chipotle plans to open by fall of 2021. This is Ellen Curry with Take 30 News.
0: I think something like this is great business for Starkville. It brings money, it brings jobs, and it brings more places for people to go. What will be interesting to see is what comes of it and how Petty will will decide on what he wants to do with his restaurant. Next up, Valentine's Day is among us. And here at Take 30 News, we like to get the details right. Reporter Holly Emery tells us, just what goes into the preparation for Valentine's Day.
1: Love is in the air, and with Valentine's Day being right around the corner, businesses such as florists, coffee shops, and restaurants are all quickly preparing. This
0: week alone, like from Thursday until Monday, we're getting orders for Valentine's, and we're probably getting at least 50 plus more orders than we usually get a day.
1: In addition to flower shops, coffee shops, such as Starkville's Strange Brew Coffee House, is offering holiday specials in order to increase sales.
2: We do long stem chocolate covered strawberry orders and so we will sometimes get five calls back to back with those orders. We're up to individual strawberries, 270 so far.
1: When completing orders and creating products, local businesses are having to take COVID-19 into consideration.
0: Well, now a lot of times it's very hard to get into the dorms. We oftentimes have to call the RA and duty, and they'll come and get the flowers, and then we get the people's numbers that are receiving the flowers, and we make sure to shoot them a text to tell them they have a delivery at the front desk. Making sure extra careful in the kitchen and
1: whatnot. Despite the impact of COVID-19, these businesses do not plan on holding back on
0: Cupid's Day. It's a little harder now with COVID restrictions, which is something you really don't think about until it's actually happening. Just like everything else COVID has affected. Who would have ever thought delivering flowers would become harder, but it is now. Without hesitation, Valentine's Day will still be happening nonetheless. Valentine's is very crazy. Um, Our phones ring 24 seven. So there always has to be someone on the phone waiting to take a call. And then people are walking in a lot more. And so people always have to be at the register, you know, to be sure to greet people that come into our store. Next up, next up, next up, the story we've all been waiting for. Former President Donald J. Trump was set to go under another, yes, another impeachment trial. We all hopefully remember the first about the phone call and a lot of he said, she said in the courts until he was acquitted the first time. Now, circle back, we're on trial number two and it is centered around the rush of the Capitol that cost someone their life. Without any opinion given, I don't know if anyone really knows who the finger should be pointed at as to who is ultimately responsible for what happened. When the trial began, it turned out into another fight about the election and its clarity and who really won it or not. Attorneys began to fight over this and continue to turn the tables on what really is being fought over. What happened in the Capitol or who is the true president of the country? Well, the decision was made, and now Donald J. Trump is the only president to ever go through two impeachment trials and be acquitted both times. I got with Nathan about covering the story to find out more. Okay, so Nathan, um, what was it about, like, this story that was intriguing to you?
2: Um, Well... I think the impeachment was really interesting because, you know, obviously Trump is already out of office, so it's security for doing it while he's out of office. And that was a big point um, the Republicans made uh, against the impeachment um, was that he was already out of office. Um, And the whole, um, and the reverse that the Democrats were saying that, um, you know, he could run again and this was in an effort to stop him from running again. um, in the fear, you know, with the Capitol riots, they were worried about you know, uh, the uh, the views he had and the, uh, the, you know, the things he would say, basically, that um, the word supporters would do. So they were trying to stop him from running again. The Republicans are arguing that. He's already out of office.
3: Today is the fourth day of impeachment trials against former President Donald Trump. The impeachments are an effort to stop the former president from running for office a second time. The impeachment comes after January 6th, when a group of Trump supporters breached the Capitol after one of the president's rallies. Democrats argue that former President Trump used his words to inspire supporters to attack the Capitol. Their conclusion is that Trump is a current danger if not impeached. Tonight, the trial will enter a Q&A section where the senators can ask questions to presenters on both sides of the argument.
0: I guess like another question would be like, you know, talking about this with most people, it's it's usually pretty controversial. Um, did you notice like speaking and interviewing anybody in the process of making your story? Did anybody kind of give you a hard time for this?
2: Uh, actually, yes, um, the whole time I was interviewing, um, most people I would say, uh, you know, hey, do you mind doing an interview, you know, you're going to be on camera, and they didn't mind that, but then I would mention, um, you know, that, oh, I'm talking about the impeachment, and, um, you know, could you give me your thoughts on that, and instantly it was just, oh, you know, I don't really know, I don't really know much about that, um, and then a the few interviews I did get with people that uh, were willing to do it um, basically said, you know, I don't really keep up with it that much, so... I don't think it was weighing on a lot of people's minds. I mean, I don't think people that, you know, are not heavily heavily into politics are just, like, really stressed about the outcome of this. I mean, of course, they're paying attention. But uh, I just, throughout interviewing people, I definitely, it didn't seem like most people really cared much about it or wanted to talk about it at the least. Um, But I did interview um, the college Democrats, the president of the college Democrats, um, and she said that they were happy they wanted to see him impeached um, but they didn't think it would happen um they were assuming and what did happen is that the uh, republicans would be able to stop it um but uh she said that they were also really concerned about stimulus and they were more upset that congress is trying to impeach trump now whereas you know they could be focused on passing stimulus so that was a big point she raised and then the um the, i contacted young americans for freedom president. And um, in a written response, he said um, kind of the same argument the Republicans have been using about, um, you know, Trump was no longer in office and this was just trying to, you know, take Trump out of ever doing it again, basically, and that it was, it was just all against Trump. Um, so he kind of just reiterated what the Republicans have been saying in Congress so far.
1: The question that I'm interested in asking Trump's attorneys is, do they believe that's true? Who won the election?
3: The Trump defense has said they are challenging the constitutionality of holding a trial for someone who is no longer in office and plan to argue that the former president was only using his free speech.
1: Joe Biden's campaign slogan was battle for the soul of America. No human being seriously believes that the use of such metaphorical terminology is incitement to political violence.
3: I talked with representatives from the College Democrats and the Young Americans for Freedom to find out how students are taking the news.
1: He's the the first president to be impeached twice now. And in general, I mean, I would love for him to actually you know, be fully impeached by the House and the Senate that he can't run again. And I'd say just overall, our membership um, would really like Trump to be impeached by the Senate, but it's just kind of upsetting because it's looking like the GOP and the Republicans are going to quit him.
3: In a written reply, Young Americans for Freedom President Ross Johnston stated that the current impeachment trial represents yet another in a series of partisan gotcha moments and will do nothing for this country but waste time as Trump is no longer in office. The Senate has yet to vote on the conviction. Democrats will need to win seventeen Republican votes to convict the former president. Nathaniel South reporting for Take Thirty News.
0: Um, was there anything about it that like kind of made you maybe not necessarily uncomfortable? Is probably not the right word, but there was was there any point of it where you're like, dang, this is kind of a story that I maybe don't want to do. Yeah,
2: there were parts, especially when I was interviewing people, and they were just saying, no, I don't want to really talk about this right now. And I think it's it's something people don't want to talk a lot about but they are interested in hearing about yeah so you know I think it was important to cover it but um like I said it was it was harder trying to just talk to the average person that wasn't into politics because so like I said whenever I talked to the um the kind of the, the presidents of both political clubs on campus um, they were both very opinionated and had very strong opinions on the issue um but like I said the average student that I just walked up and talked to didn't really want to talk about it um much at all I didn't really know much about it
0: was there, like, anything about it that you that you learned that you didn't already previously know? Like, I know there's things about it, obviously, that we're all kind of curious about. Like, why would you hold an impeachment trial for basically somebody that's not even in office anymore? Did you find anything interesting about it that was kind of like, okay, what was really the point of it, almost? Well,
2: I thought it was interesting. I It even kind of threw me for a loop for a minute because uh, the wording everyone used, is using is, you know, this is the impeachment, which... It it is the trial for it, but they're just convicting him at this point. He's already been impeached. They've already voted on the impeachment. Now they're just convicting him, which is kind of a hard concept uh, uh, to understand at first, um, especially uh, through me for a loop at first. Um, Yeah, I I learned a lot more about that and about kind of how that whole system works because this is, you know, a fairly rare occurrence for most people. Um, So now people understand how the whole process behind it works. Uh, yeah, uh, I think that was really the biggest thing I learned throughout the whole uh, the whole process. And, you know, seeing more and more of the, um, the Senate argue back and forth was interesting um, to see, you know, how uh, people voted. There were seven Republicans that flipped um, and voted for the uh, conviction. Um, so that was really interesting. But it wasn't—they needed 17 Republicans to actually uh, convict, and they only had seven that uh, voted.
0: Now, just like everything else these days, COVID has impacted the daily lives of many. MSU Theatre has been a part of that impact and with COVID regulations, it may be difficult, but they're still trying to have the show go on. MSU Theatre has produced a myriad of shows over the years and recently due to COVID-19 regulations, this season looks a bit different. Nonetheless, the show must go on. Preparations for Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream and Dominique Morisau's
1: Pipeline are in the making.
3: COVID, the biggest thing was we started out on Webex that was where we start. That was our first like month and a half of um, rehearsals was on Webex. So it got to the point where we had like established what our characters were gonna act like. And we, ha- we had like the entire show memorized, but as soon as we got onto the stage, we could not figure it out because putting together um, the talking and the movements was really complicated.
0: Anywhere from Alice in Wonderland, to Dracula, from the Little Mermaid to the Crucible. The MSU Theater puts a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into their
1: productions every year.
4: We're going to perform Midsummer Night's Dream uh, on a hilltop um, in North Farm. Um, Another chance to have an outdoor production. This
2: is in the spring.
1: As they say in theater, the show must go on. Despite the confusion, the cast members are willing to make any adjustments necessary. With Take 30 News, I'm Jada Evans.
0: Another thing being changed is how students can find their college of choice. Before, students could just show up to a campus with their families, go on tours, see classes in person, see daily lives in person. Preview Days, as what it was called before in Starkville, is now named Maroon Fridays. And it's the campus's way of showing a a prospective student what is life like here at Mississippi State while still following COVID restrictions. Ava Richardson gives us a look on how that's working out.
1: As many prospective students are officially beginning the process of finding their college home, Mississippi State has created another way to give this opportunity through a new on-campus event, Maroon Fridays.
4: Maroon Fridays are kind of our new spin on our um, former events called Preview Days so we developed Maroon Fridays um, because our capacities are much smaller
1: due to COVID. Through Maroon Fridays, students are given the opportunity to learn about their academic college of interest, receive a tour of the campus, and meet current MSU students.
4: You know everything was put on hold we couldn't do anything in person for a while we couldn't even do campus visits in person and then slowly we've been able to gradually get back into those things so you know they started doing in-person campus visits again and then you know now with
0: fall Friday now Maroon Friday it's a really you know students learn so much when they actually get to visit campus This event also gives
1: prospective students and their families the opportunity to begin financial planning, as well as participating in Q&A sessions. Forrester believes these on-campus events are both safe and helpful for prospective students.
4: I think that we've done a good job of balancing, uh, keeping people safe and offering good quality events that are gonna get them what they need.
1: For Take 30 News, I'm Ava Richardson.
0: Lastly, all things sports. Who doesn't love sports in this town? And who better to bring that to us than Ethan Foster?
4: We uh we had a little bit of a, a little bit of a, you know victory and loss last week uh, in sports. Um, you know, at the beginning of the week, you had the Super Bowl. Um, so you know, Bruce Arians, former offensive coordinator at Mississippi State, uh, got him a Super Bowl win. Uh, you had the, the men's basketball team. Uh, they took on LSU uh, on Wednesday, and they unfortunately could not get it done. Uh, lost to LSU ninety-four to eighty. And then, uh, but the volleyball team had a good week. Uh, they ended up sweeping uh, Old Miss twice, Thursday and Friday. Uh, they won the first series. Uh, three nothing. And then uh, in the second series on Friday, they lost the first set, but then won the next three. So they, they got one over, got two over on the uh, Ole Miss to uh, end the week out for the Dogs last week.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like it was a pretty good week for sports, or decently good week at least for sports overall at Mississippi State. What do you think people are thinking about baseball with around the corner?
4: Well, um, you know, without even looking into it too much, um, everybody's excited around here uh, for baseball, no doubt about that. Uh, people who don't pay much attention to sports and people who pay a lot of attention to sports, they know the baseball is coming. Uh, they want to be able to get back in there and utilize. Uh, Duty Noble, uh, you know, one of the best uh Baseball fields in the country, college baseball fields in the country, and uh, that's not just a Mississippi State thing; that's nationally recognized. So, uh, baseball will be starting up very soon, uh, and uh, people are excited to get back into it. I know that to see uh, what the dogs can do this year. Um, you know, softball has already started, and baseball will be coming very soon. So, if everybody wants to see what we can do, how far we can get, and. Uh, if there's going to be some, some, some victories there to make up for maybe a lackluster football season this year,
0: yeah, that's for sure. I think a lot of people are just like ready for probably the most winning sport here, besides maybe women's basketball, to get back on the field so we can watch something that we kind of all missed out on last year. Yeah,
4: exactly, and that, that hurt a lot to a lot of people. Um, you know, the season had had just barely gotten started. It got canceled before we even had our SEC season opening series. And so there was no chance for, for any kind of SEC play for the Mississippi State Bulldogs and the, the Diamond. And, uh, you know, of course with that comes no chance of postseason play, uh, you know, super anything like that. So a lot, of, a lot of people are, I think, maybe even more excited for this season than they would have been normally just for the fact that it's been a long time since we've had baseball. Uh, So hopefully that will bring everyone together and everybody will be able to gather in a safe way to enjoy that.
0: And that's a wrap for this episode of Take 30 Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Logan Brown. Join us next week for more information.